You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. I'm glad to tell you today that this wasn't just something, you know, some people might say, well, oh boy, I wish I was a Jew. I'd have that blessing that Abraham had. Well, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are a Jew. Amen. You have become blood kin through the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. And therefore, you are spiritual Jews according to the Word of God. And so this blessing, of course, is for whosoever that shall call upon the name of the Lord. Do you feel blessed? If you do, it may be because your finances are in great shape or you're in great shape physically. And while there are these and other reasons for you to feel blessed, these blessings can come and go. As Pastor Gary shares, true, lasting blessings come from God. And blessings that come from God are constant and are present despite your feelings. So whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, God's blessing is always with you. He promises. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Genesis chapter 12 as he begins his message, The Blueprint for a Biblical Blessing. Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed father bless the reading of your word and help us to preach it with your favor in Jesus name God's children say amen you look up the word blessed, it often is translated or defined rather as being happy. Um, it is a state of favor, divine favor, if you will. Uh, it is a state of living in the blessedness of God's providing hand. God promised Abraham to do something for him and his seed after him that would change history for all of mankind. And it begins right here in Genesis 12, 1, when God uh, invoked Abram, as he was called before God changed his name to Abraham, invoked him to walk away from all that he knew and loved that if you'll leave what you've got, I'll replace it with something far greater. And one of the things that we must learn about the blessing of God is even though He does give it to us, He often requires obedience on our part to be able to receive it. If you're with me, say amen. And I'm interested in this blessing not only to be a recipient of the blessings of God, but also to be able to project that onto my friends and my family and my generation, those that are in the sphere of my influence that God 
has called me to impact for the glory of God and for the expansion of his kingdom. I know that Genesis chapter number 12 is directly connected not just to Abraham and the nation of Israel, historically speaking, but it's directly connected to us today because in the book of Galatians, chapter number 3 and verses 13 and 14, the Bible gives clarity and says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, and here's why he did it, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What was the promise of the Spirit? Well, he's referencing the promise that he made to Abram that we just read out of Genesis chapter number 12. When God told Abraham, and thee shall all families of the earth be blessed, it was prophetic of Jesus Christ coming to bear the sins of the entire world and the fact that God would open up His grace not just for His chosen nation, Israel, but for the Gentiles, which means anybody. That means whosoever will. I'm, I'm glad, though, to tell you, to get back on track, I'm glad to tell you that we are direct recipients of the blessing of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm glad to tell you today that this wasn't just something, you know, some people might say, well, oh boy, I wish I was a Jew. I'd have that blessing that Abraham had. Well, if you are, have put your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, you are a Jew. Amen. You have become blood kin through the uh, relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. And therefore, you are spiritual Jews according to the Word of God. And so this blessing, of course, is for whosoever that shall call upon the name of the Lord. And you need to understand that today. Another thing you need to understand is that the blessing uh, has elements to it uh, that we need to be aware of. Because if you're not careful, you'll think that the blessing will just eliminate all obstacles and all trials and just make your life easy from here on out and that nothing could be further from the truth. To be blessed is not to be a limit, not to have been, have been removed from all hardship, but it has more to do with being blessed in spite of all of the hardship and all of the trials that Christ would come to bring a blessing in the place of a curse. Uh, this sin-cursed planet that we live on uh, can see better days because of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. We know that we still have to deal with the, 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 the state of the curse until He makes all things new, until one day He returns and He makes new heavens and new earth and, and, the, and the former things will be passed away and, and He'll make all all things new in creation, but until that day, our blessing is in a person, and his name is Jesus. But what I want you to see here is a blueprint taking our notes from God Almighty himself. We see here a blueprint for a biblical blessing. Number one, I want you to see in verse one of our text, we see a promise. Any blessing that is biblical will maintain or contain a promise of future blessing. 
uh, in verse number one, we read it again. It says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, to a land that what? I will show thee. Okay. God's promising Abraham that if you'll get out of where he's at and go in the direction that God's leading him, that God will show him some things. God will show him the country and the land that he wants to give to him and his descendants. And this promise speaks of commitment. When God says, I will, he's speaking of his uh, activity and his involvement in Abram's future uh, progenitors, if you will, his future lineage. He's, he's promised that as he is currently with Abraham today, he will be with him tomorrow and he will be with his descendants, that God never changes, that God always exists. He doesn't die like we die. He's not going to just all of a sudden one day God's dead and we're, we're left to fend for ourselves. Amen. I'm glad to announce to you that the creator of the universe is, uh, he is ever alive. He will never die and he is ever present. We have the promise in the Bible that God will never leave those or forsake those who put their faith and trust in Him. If you're with me, say amen. But now let me say something to uh, the parents and the grandparents who want to be a blessing, a biblical blessing to your children. You're going to have to make a commitment to them. You're going to have to make a commitment to them that you're going to show them. This means uh, this is a promise to be a present teacher along their journey to success. Uh, you cannot be an absentee parent or grandparent and expect them to receive the fullness of the blessing that you want them to receive in life. Uh, you can't just give them a quick Sunday school lesson and send them on their way and never do, get any more involved in their life and expect them to do well. No. No, you're going to have to make a commitment that in the future you will continue to speak into their life. You will continue to speak guidance and, and, and correction and instruction. And when God says, I will show you, he's saying uh, that he's, his presence uh, is going to be there to teach and to guide and to prepare Abraham's uh, uh, descendants for the blessing that is ahead. If you're with me, say amen. So a blessing requires a promise, uh, which speaks of commitment, which speaks of presence, and which speaks of preparation. Not only does it include a promise, but number two, I want to say that it includes a portion. Now, verse number two, it said, I will make of thee a what? A great nation. God's going to make him a great nation. He said, I will bless thee. I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. God's going to give them a portion. Now, a promise speaks of uh, presence and preparation, amen, in the future, but a portion speaks of the actual inheritance of substance uh, that empowers the individual to live out the blessing that was promised. Uh, you know as well as I do that uh, any of you who are accumulating wealth uh, uh, at some point, you'll probably decide, uh, if you haven't already, to draw up what we call a will. And in that will, it designates certain 
uh, percentages of your property to certain loved ones as you as you deed it out. Amen. Uh, and this is essentially what God uh, has done for Abraham. He said, I'm going to be with you, but not only that, but I'm going to give you some stuff uh, to make the promise come to pass. Now, what good would it be if you made your children or your grandchildren a promise uh, to be a blessing to them down the road if you had nothing to leave behind? God not only makes promises, but He makes good on His promises. He not only says He's going to do something, but He's going to facilitate the process. He's going to empower us uh, to live out the blessing that He speaks over us. And just as God does that for us, He expects us uh, to do that. It's one thing to tell your children to do right. It's another thing to invest in future in the future generation. Amen. And so it's not just good enough to pass on words. We 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 think of a blessing uh, most simply as a, a, a as a an exchange of words to speak something nice over someone. But it goes far deeper than just speaking nice, pretty words uh, on a sunny day on a Sunday morning. Amen. Uh, it goes far beyond it. It goes, uh, it goes to uh, following up on your commitment and making sure uh, that not only have you spoken blessings over them, but you are willing to make personal sacrifices and invest in them to make sure that they are empowered to be able to live out the promises of God in their life. If we don't equip this next generation, who will? I tell you what, there's a devil in hell that's standing, he's on stand, he's not only on standby, but he's eagerly trying to butt into your life right now, trying to rob your kids' attention, trying to promise them the world. And guess what? Uh, often kids are so young and vulnerable, they'll follow whoever invests in them the most. And if the church ain't willing to invest in our children, guess who is? The devil and the entertainment men. Now we know at the end of the day, it's not really an investment, is it? It's an illusion. At the end of the day, they're going to take them and rob them blind and leave them, leave them hanging all by themselves once they're through with them. Amen? But at first, they're going to give promises to this young generation that's going to look real enticing to them. And who do you think a kid's going to end up spending their time with? He's going to spend his or her time with the one that's willing to invest in them. And we've got not only to be present in our words, but in our actions and in our pocketbooks. Amen. I'm praying that God will expand our vision for reaching this young generation this year. That we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. It's not just good enough to say that we need to go visit families and try to get people to church. But we got to be willing to put gas money in our tank and actually drive out to the neighborhood and actually do what we're talking about. Amen. We got to be willing to invest in an infrastructure and it's going to be costly. But if we don't do it, the devil's already winning them over. We've got to fight hard. And if we're going to bless this future generation, we're going to have to do more than just speak a nice little fancy sermon over them. Can I get an amen? It's not just a promise. It's a portion. And, and moms and dads who invest time and treasure and talent into their kids stand to reap the biggest benefit of seeing their children walk in truth and live out a legacy of faith. Amen. So we got to have a promise. There's got to be a portion. And then lastly, there's got to be prophecy. Prophecy speaks of faith. Look at verse number 3 now. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. We've already explained how that that's a promise of the Messiah Jesus coming to bless the entire earth, not just the Jews. If you're with me, say amen. 
And so this is a prophetic word that God gave. So we have a promise, we have a portion, and we have a prophecy. If promise deals with presence and preparation, and if portion deals with empowerment, then prophecy speaks of security. We don't just want our children to be blessed. We want them to stay blessed. America made the mistake after God blessed us like no other nation under heaven. We made the mistake of forgetting the God that blessed us. And now we're paying a dire consequence for it. You want to know why Washington's all jacked up and messed up? And why we got a bunch of thieves and liars who care more for their personal pocketbook and their reputation than they do the future security of an entire nation and world. It's because America forgot God. And when we chose that we didn't want righteousness to lead the way, God let us have our own demise. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force his blessing on us. But let me tell you something. If you want to keep what God puts in your life, you're going to have to respect it like you did before you got it. Amen. God's blessings are for keeps if we're for keeps. But as soon as God puts something in our hands that we pray for, we forget God. Don't you think for a second that God's obligated to bless you another minute. People use the church as a stepping stool into society and influence and culture. Many artists today who are singing and making millions, if not billions of dollars on the rock star stage started somewhere in a little country church like this and was discovered by somebody that was willing to invest in them and they bought the lie, hook, line, and sinker. And now they're living for the devil and now they're suffering the consequence. You talk to any rock star like that today and they're miserable. They may have all the money the world could ever offer them, but their soul is destitute. They're not at peace. A lot of them end up overdosing and dying because uh, there's no peace to the wicked. Just use the church as a stepping stool to, for their talent to be discovered. Many today use God like a spare tire until they're done with Him. They don't need Him. It's funny how people want you to pray for Him when they're down. Funny how the people don't need the church until they're laid up in the hospital dying of cancer. Then all of a sudden they need God. Amen. It's funny how the kids don't need church until they're faced with jail time. All of a sudden we're quoting scripture over them. Why wouldn't you quote scripture over them whenever they was 8 and 10 and 12 and 14 instead of waiting until they was 22 and jacked up with drugs and alcohol? Are you hearing what I'm saying? If we want to keep what God blesses us with, we're going to have to be committed and we cannot forget the God who blessed us. And there is a prophecy that God wants to speak. This prophecy speaks of faith. It is the faith element of the blessing. This world speaks blessings, but they, they rob us of the faith element. When the world speaks of blessings, it has nothing to do with God Almighty. It has everything to do with the Almighty dollar. And when the dollar's gone, their blessing's gone. But I serve a God that even when my bank account's empty, whoo, I'm still blessed. Amen. Uh, my blessings are not measured in what I can hold in my hand, uh, but who I have in my heart this morning. We've got to have a commitment. We've got to have a faith element. If we want our kids to really be blessed through and through, not just financially, not just socially, 
Amen. Not just economically, not just career-wise, but we want them to be blessed down in their soul. So that when they breathe their last breath, we and they both know where they're going to spend eternity. Then we're going to have to involve faith in the process. Or do we just want God's handouts without His commandments? Is that what we want? I'll, you know, we, I could pack the house if all I ever talked about was the blessings of God. But when I got to get to talking about obedience and faith and commitment, all of a sudden those become curse words of this world that's hooked on uh, buzzwords that mean nothing at the end of the day when they forsake their God. I don't want to just seek his hand. I want to seek his heart. I just don't want what he want, can do for me. I, I want him to. I want to be him to be in me. I want him to uh, exude from me. I want his presence. I want his power. I want his favor. I want his anointing above all else. Uh, amen. I want Jesus. Give me Jesus or give me nothing. We got to have a commitment of faith in Jesus Christ. Don't make the mistake of sending your kids off to college, buying them the best that money can buy, the best education, the best clothes, the best this, the best that, but completely abandon and forsake their faith in the Lord Jesus and their need to be in the house of God on a regular basis. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? A true blessing is not really sustainable or secure if we leave out the prophetic nature of it. If we leave out the faith aspect of it. What good is it if our children gain the whole world and they lose their own soul? We must make church and God paramount in our lives. If we make commitment to the cause of Christ of little consequence or priority, then guess what? Our children will do the same. If we don't take it seriously, they won't take it seriously. And all it takes is a subtle, a slow fade into mediocrity and lack of commitment. And all of a sudden, everything is more important than church. And after all, God understands and the kids know that God's their answer. Uh, we go to church twice a year. They hear about Jesus at Christmas and Easter. What more do they have to say at church? Oh, there's a whole lot more. Amen. There's a whole lot more. And I'm not faulting anybody that can't be here, but I'm telling you what, uh, I think we have a generation on our hands today uh, that the reason they're not committed is because they won't commit. You commit to what you want to commit to. And if you really want God to be a priority in your life, you'll do whatever it takes. Amen. Uh, you'll press through the crowd to get to Jesus. You'll even tear a roof off if it takes it to get to Jesus. But you won't uh, let anybody stop you from getting you and your kids to Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? If we really want this house blessed, uh, if we want this generation blessed, uh, we're going to have to emphasize the prophetic over them. We're going to have to emphasize a commitment to faith in Jesus Christ and not just tell them to live for God, but live for God with them. I'm convinced that the reason my sons live for God is because I didn't just preach at them, but I've tried my best to live what I preached. And I've got, given them an opportunity to serve God alongside me. And the best, you want to know what the best uh, uh, youth program is? The best youth program is when mom and daddy serve, their, serve God alongside their children. 
quit, quit kicking them off and throwing them off in a youth group that uh, all of them are immature and all of them need guidance. Amen. Listen, they need to serve God with you. Go out and knock on some doors this Saturday and invite your neighbors to church and let your kids watch as you interact with them and the Holy Ghost gets involved in the process. And them kids look up at your neighbor with tears streaming down their face because your you're that mom or dad is talking to them about Jesus and all of a sudden God gets to stir and then all of a sudden your neighbors got saved and joined the church, quit their drinking, quit sleeping around. Amen. All of a sudden God's changing lives because the kids saw that God was real because their mom and daddy was willing to step out in faith and do something for God. I'm talking about a faith element. If we really want our children blessed, we're going to have to bless God with our lives. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, GaryCuddle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Connell Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.